Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It's Wednesday afternoon. You know what that means. It's time for the SRS Hogcast. That's the name of the show. Decided, oh, oh, set, it's done. finished. Oh, that's great. There you go. You like you said you like organic conversation. I do. You've been throwing shitty show names at me all week, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, oh. If you're going to say shitty show names, you are shitting on your readership because they came from them. You said the you said the Jimmy Sapcast. No, no. Wait, hey, hey, oh. So one guy said the sapping and the Jimmy or something like that. And I was thinking, what can I what can I get out of that? And I thought of the Jimmy Sapcast. I did. It's not bad. It's not bad. It rolls off the tongue yeah. a little bit. You know? No, it doesn't. It's terrible. <laughs> How you doing? That's, How you doing, doing today? Great. It's, it's been a wild week. WrestleMania. This is my first time covering a WrestleMania as an editor. That was yeah. unique. It was fun. It went great. It went, yeah. it went phenomenally. We had over 1,000 live viewers on our, on our show Sunday night. That was incredible. Uh, for a website that launched, what, nine, ten months ago? That's unbelievable. Yep. When I was at Wrestling Inc., the original target for downloads in total was 1,500. Right. Like, period. Right. I mean, with all due respect to, you know, if we're going to put things in perspective, I think their numbers are still quite a bit better than ours. But we're, they've been around for 20 years, well, that's too. that's it. That's it. We're getting there. We're getting there. And this UFC 210 stuff, I told Sean I want to talk about this on the air because I like organic conversation. We got some phenomenal footage from the media day today in Buffalo. Phenomenal footage. We're talking who about... Knew we had, who knew everybody we employ could drive to Buffalo? Well, two of the guys live there. So Brandon Howard yeah. lives there. Mike Straw lives there. And Showdown Joe went in. And just so you guys know, we got Daniel Cormier talking about his dream match in WWE. We got Patrick Cote talking about Kevin Owens. A uh, lot of good stuff. And it's funny because all the guys. Crossover stuff. Yeah, too. crossover stuff. And all of the guys that they asked about wrestling, they all knew something. Like all of them mm-hmm. knew something. So got some good stuff out of that. That was a good uh, that is really the foundation of the site is that crossover. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I don't think there are many people in who cover this that do the crossover better than your boy, 
I'm pretty familiar with it all. So, I mean, I, to have Brandon Howard, Mike Straw, and Joe all go there, that's awesome. Then I find out, I just happen to ask David Tease. I'm like, David, where do you live? He's like, Tom's River, New Jersey. That's a two-hour drive from New York, about an hour and a half from Philly. Yeah. So uh, in the future, that'll, that'll be something that we can get at as well. And, of course, Carlos Toro, I believe, I think – as long as the Bellator people still love me in a few months, he should be at that Bellator pay-per-view in New York City covering that for us. And not to get too far too far ahead of ourselves, so you said your boy, and uh, I want to bring up the uh, sponsor for this podcast. That would be the Fightful.com Sean Ross Sapp, your boy t-shirt, being modeled by Jimmy Ellsworth. I put the cap on him because that's kind of true to his character. So Jimmy Ellsworth, I'm not going to call him James because maybe I can get around trademarking or copyright. So Jimmy Ellsworth. Well, here's where you messed up. No, I didn't mess up. I didn't mess up. You put his hands on his hips and now you can't put sweatpants on him. Uh, The hog has to be contained. So I'm going to give you again a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, Sean. He's not wearing that shirt, man. (laughs) I know, but okay. How did... Oh, I once again, I love. I had it superimposed. I can see the gears turning in your head because you're trying to figure <laughs> out. You're trying to figure out what did we do? I like that. You know that mid sentence, you actually paused and put your hand like on your chin like that. Yeah, I did because you're trying to figure it out. We had to. I hadn't thought about it. We had to cut the back end of that shirt and pin it around him <laughs> to get it on because his arms That's are in the way for that too. So can we get sweatpants on him? You're damn right. We can get sweatpants on. Ah, damn it. Got to oh, get creative. Geez. I got a good team. Nigel, this is what you, this is, does Nigel call his mom and he's like, listen, mom, I'm busy right now. I can't talk during lunch. Jimmy's got me working overtime. I'm pinning a shirt with Sean Rossap's face on it to James Ellsworth's body. I guarantee you. God bless God bless that guy. Nigel rules. I guarantee you he's listening to the show right now, and he's not even a wrestling fan. He's listening. So he keeps on top of things, you know? He wants to make sure. You know that we are going to get this room soundproof, Sean. Hmm. Rush are going to get it soundproofed because, uh, you know, I, I, I value your, your entertainment value, your, your top entertainment value. I don't want you to have to listen to sirens in the background. So yeah, we're going to take care of that. I'm getting some foam, some extra foam put up in here. That way, any possible echo is reduced. You say he's not even a wrestling fan. We have a lot of non-wrestling fans who watch this show in particular. Uh, yeah, well, that's because, uh, I don't know. I think I bring out the best in you. That's what oh, I really? think it is. Yeah. I think I bring out the best in you, and I think that I, I, just, I, take, I make you take it to another level, Sean. I take you from a, a team that misses the playoffs to a contender. Well, that's virtually every team I, I root for these days, the Bengals and the Reds. There you go. And I'm, I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, and the Oilers are making the playoffs this year. So kudos to me. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. The UFC finally apparently doesn't hate us. No, they've been really good. They've been really good. They, uh, they got Joe everything he needed. So Showdown Joe is in Buffalo from today until Sunday, uh, taking in everything. And he's got Brandon Howard and Mike Straw coming along the way. Uh, and things have been great. UFC has been really good to us. I got to say, you know, I always tell people I give them a little bit of behind the scenes. I did send the UFC press department a pretty rude email. Uh, so, what happened for- was, so what happened was when the, UFC, when the UFC Canada hit me up, the first thing they said was, well, I don't know about Fife because Sean Ross Sapp is an asshole. And yeah, right. I, I said, don't worry about him. He's fired. Don't worry about him. 
He's no longer part of this thing. Well, they, you know, they were acting like, and I get it, we're a very new outlet. Very new outlet compared to the MMA weeklies, MMA junkies. Keep in mind, the MMA junkies, USA Today. The MMA fightings and MMA manias and bloody elbows, that's SB Nation. Right. Now, I, I often joke, the eccentric millionaire and stuff, but this is lo- very much an independent site. This is, it is. And it is. I mean, sometimes we're, we're, they... We're well-funded enough that we can afford a, a life-size Virgil cardboard cutout. So That's we're, true. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that we're the little engine that could, but <laughs> we're on the come-up for sure. Now, Bellator loves us uh, with open arms. Ring of Honor offered me press passes this week. WWE, anytime I've been there to cover them, they have been more than accommodating. It was, and, I mean, Bama, uh, Titan, anybody like that. But the UFC, and what got me, what set me off was when they were like, well, we've exceeded press demand for UFC Nashville. Do you know what headlines UFC Nashville, Jimmy? I can't even think of a scrub exactly. fighter. Yeah, no. Exactly. It's Cub Swanson versus Artem Labov. Artem Labov is a 14-12 and 12 fighter who got the spot because he trains with Conor McGregor. And I said, I sent him an email. I said, what gives? You know we have people that work for your company working for our website, Yeah. You know we've got like millions of downloads, yeah. We've got like we've covered everything originally. Have I not told you that number one, you have to uh, stop responding to criticism, and number two, you got to be less that sensitive. You got to be no, but you got to be less sensitive. If somebody oh, no. if somebody says no pass for this thing, then you just wait and you get the next one, man. You got to bide your time. Nah, our time. Their time is up. Our time is now. I knew you were going to say it. I, as soon as you were – again, I saw the gears turning. I knew you were coming <laughs> up with that. About it. No. But no, I did send them an email. I wasn't a dick. I was just like, hey, what's up with this? You know what? As stuff. time goes on, I'm going to give you some business lessons, and, and you're going to learn, <laughs> what man. What do you, you know about business? Yeah, what do I know? What do I know? What do you know about business? You got to bide your time because if you bide your time and do it the right way, someday you can afford to get something like the list of Jimmy Van. Yeah, guys, listen to Jimmy Van's business tips, and one day you will have Virgil and James Ellsworth in your office because that's what we all strive for. Absolutely, and I have a belt. I was going to bring in more props this week, and I forgot, so I'll uh, I'll get on some next week. We got enough stuff going on, but yeah, guys, uh, do tune in to our UFC 210 coverage. The podcast will be the day following because obviously Joe will be at the event covering it. Uh, We've got tons of video content, and I mean tons. Patrick Cote, Chris Weidman, Daniel Cormier. We got... We got it all over the place. Not only that, but Bellator's this Friday. I got interviews with Melvin Manhoof talking about his retirement plans. And I got uh, Pat Schilling, who reveals, or Joe Schilling, rather, who reveals that he actually has two different Bellator contracts. So all that stuff's on the way. Stay on the lookout for it. A lot of MMA content on a wrestling-heavy week. Now, before we get into your list, I got something on my list. I'll bring it. I want to hear it. Simon Gotch has been released. Yes, I saw that today. I can't head over to Fightful.com, get all the lowdown on that, but I think he's going to do exceptionally on the independent circuit given, given his, his skill set, uh, his old-time type of gimmick. Uh, what do you think about Simon? I think it was his decision. I, I, I think that whenever WWE says uh, we have mutually agreed or whatever the terminology was that they used, whatever the verbiage, I think it was his decision. Um, so... Good luck to him. I mean, I don't blame him. He, you know, the one thing we've seen over the last few years with guys like Matt Riddle and AJ Styles, for that matter, you can make good money on the independent circuit. Uh, yeah. Look at the Young Bucks. I mean, you can make good money. 
And I think Simon Gotch saw, I mean, they don't have, I don't think they had any merch for uh, the VOD villains. Uh, they weren't uh, part of Mania, I don't believe. They, they're, they're typically not on television unless they're on the B shows. Good for him. He's going to go give it a shot and, uh, and maybe it'll bring him back there someday because they, they've shown they have no problem bringing guys back like Drew uh, McIntyre. Yeah. Right. So good for him. I wonder what will happen to Aiden English. I would imagine that's not good for him, which, I mean, I don't know if being with Simon Gotch was good for him because Simon Gotch had a lot of heat backstage. Right. He got into fights, got his ass kicked, too, by Hunico, uh, Sinkara. But th- after that, you could tell on TV he had heat. They would only be in, like, battle royals or gauntlets, and bam, they're immediately out. Right. So I think his skill set will translate really well. Uh, I watched him and Gable do – chain wrestling for like five minutes straight and it was marvelous it was wonderful stuff he'll he'll do fine he was also actually in the first ever pwg match when you saw that gable match were you sitting there watching it and you actually said to yourself this is marvelous yeah i mean marvelous. that that's a pretty tremendous match for to, to somebody to use that word so that must have been good it was it was excellent it was some of the best catch or catch wrestling chain wrestling i had seen in a wwe scope in quite a while to be honest with you i'm glad it was glorious Let's get to your list. So uh, I got some good stuff to talk about today. I bet you do. And uh, you know how you said uh, a few minutes ago about how, yeah, you know, uh, UFC is is good to us now. WWE is good to us now. (laughs) They're good to us for now. WWE might not be good to us after I get through this list. But uh, I want to start off by addressing something that you said on Twitter last week. And then I'm going to tell you a story. Because, Sean, I am a storyteller. And so I'm going to tell you. I'm not Bret Hart, but I am a storyteller. So last week, there was a gentleman on Twitter by the name of Jose Flores, and he asked you this question. Who is worse at believing too much in their character, Bret Hart, the ultimate warrior, or Goldberg? Your, sure. your answer was, I'd have to say Goldberg. Uh, I got to say to you, man, you can't be serious. Oh, yeah. You actually, I know you're going to say Bret Hart. You're going to spout off some no, Bret Hart shit. No, see, once again, this, this you're, 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 again, being an ignorant American, thinking that the Canadian's going to talk about the Canadian. There is no way in the world that Goldberg believes in his character more than the warrior did. There's no chance. It's not even in the same atmosphere. Now, if you look at the ultimate warrior, and with all due respect to the warrior, you know, he's passed on. He had a really good career. The man changed his name legally to warrior. The guy, when he came back to WWE in 96, uh, stop playing with your, when, when, with your cord when I'm talking to you. I got to make sure you're hearing me. In 96, he had a what comic was that? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Yeah, that's what I thought. In 96, he had a comic book that had to be part of the deal to bring him back, his warrior comic book. Yeah. Uh, he came up with his own belief system called Dextrucity. It was a warrior <laughs> belief system. And I'm going to tell you a story about my own personal dealings with the Ultimate Warrior, if you can believe it. In, do, do tell. In 2000, I worked for an independent promotion, and I'm going to make this quick because I, I know how to tell a story. I'm not going to bore people for 10 minutes. So I worked for an independent promotion that used to falsely advertise names. And it really bothered me. And uh, I, I was starting to butt heads with the promoter about it. So one show, he promoted The Ultimate Warrior. And I went to the show. It was in upstate Michigan. And uh, they had the poster with the warrior's face on it. But then they ended up using a local guy by the name of The Luminous Warrior. And that bothered me a lot. And I was owed money by the promoter at the time, too. And so I decided, fuck it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up The Warrior. And I was able to get one of the posters from the show. So I sent him an email thinking, I'm not going to hear nothing back. Well, you know how uh, litigious he was. He got back to me me in about five minutes. 
And we ended up corresponding over email for months. He actually wanted me to come down to Arizona and he wanted me to uh, depose uh, and be part of a lawsuit. I had no interest in any of that stuff, so I didn't do it. But we went back and forth just dealing with the guy. Uh, one of the first conversations I said, by the way, what do you want me to call you? Uh, do I call you like Jim, Mr. Helwig? He said, call me warrior. My name is warrior. Call me warrior. Then in the middle of his emails, he would always throw in something like always believe Jimmy, always believe. And these little like Tony Robbins like comments that he would throw in. So he, without question, believed his character more than anybody in the history of the business. It's not close. Uh, but with all due respect to the warrior, he gave me a lot of advice that helped me out. That promoter had threatened to sue me at the time. Uh, and he said, you better get a lawyer. And, and we just sent you a legal letter. And the warrior, to his credit, told me there is no legal letter. He's not going to sue you. He's trying to use scare tactics. He's full of shit. You did nothing wrong. And nothing ever happened. I got no legal letter. Nothing ever came of it. So I respect what the warrior did. He was really helpful to me. But, uh, oh, that guy was, he was the ultimate warrior in his head. You know what I mean? Like he was. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying he's a good person or a great. I didn't. He said some shit. I'm not saying was, he was a good or bad was, person. I'm just saying in terms of believing well, his character. I, you know, I can say that the guy with some of the shit that he said. Yeah. Not, not the type of person I'm hanging out with. Mm. Here's where I ultimately drew the line. They both had big come well, big comeback matches. A warrior sold out an arena in Spain. Yeah, I bet. And he did a match in 2008, which is about a year off of Goldberg. And his match was with Orlando Jordan. Right. He went 16 minutes with Orlando Jordan. Yep. He was sucking wind. Oh, yeah. He spent about three times as much time in the ring during his one return match than Goldberg did in his three. And did you see that promo that Goldberg did after Raw? I did. It was the most passive-aggressive <laughs> bullshit I have ever seen in my life. He wanted so much for this to be like, you all hate my kid. No, we don't hate your kid. Why'd you bring him in the ring with his shirt off? That was weird. <laughs> like that was just unusual. But Let see, me, you're, no. you're confusing your dislike for Goldberg. You're confusing that with who I don't dislike you. Goldberg. No, but what I'm saying is you're things about Goldberg that you don't like. You're letting that confuse the topic of who believes in their character the most. You're kind of letting that skew uh -huh. your, your opinion. And, and again, I mean, I think if you asked anybody, my wife, again, who's not even a casual fan, I happen to mention this to her without saying your answer. And my wife was like, oh, he definitely said the ultimate warrior. Like my wife knew. So it, well, Goldberg can't change his last name or his name to Goldberg because Goldberg's already his damn name. It has nothing to do with it. Did Goldberg come up with a comic that had to be part of his contract? Did he come up with a sure. belief system called whatever, Goldberg Destrucity? Warrior took it up a notch. Like he took it to a whole other level. You know, Goldberg was not going to come back under any other circumstances besides what happened. Let's be real. And well, well you At know, 50 what? years old. My next point, and actually, my next the, the next thing on the list of Jimmy Van is actually a little shot at Goldberg. Oh, that's fine. But I mean, he complained about having to, <laughs> having to train for six months. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, I wonder what a guy like Jinder Mahal thinks, right? who has trained his ass off, and you can say wellness, whatever the hell you want. I bet he's in the back like, you motherfucker. Mm. How dare you? Yeah, and gender's How dare you? Gender's probably on a, on a pretty low downside too, I imagine. Yeah. So, so I mean, listen, I'm – do – yeah, I, I would say they're neck and neck. On any given day, I would imagine that the Warrior or Goldberg could have believed themselves a little bit more than the other one. 
I don't think it's close. I, th- I think Warrior was on a whole other level from everybody. Whole other level. Here's the thing. Also, if social media had been around during Warrior's heyday, maybe I would think a little bit different. But because I would see the things that Goldberg would do, like how before he would win matches, he right. would always promise to everybody, I promise I'm going to win this match. And when he knows he's going to lose a match, he gets on social media and says, yeah, I'm probably taking a break after this. Right. Right. Ooh, that, that's that's a big no-no in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I got, did you watch the Matt, the Matt Riddle show last week? Uh, bits and pieces. He got hot when I said he was going to lose that progress title. Oh, he really? got mad. Then I was like, he ain't losing that title. After I said that, I kind of trolled him. <laughs> he was like, you want to bet, bro? You want to bet? <laughs> well, that kind of takes me to my next point. Uh, the sure. next point I was going to make, so on March 31st, which obviously was before Mania, uh, Goldberg was asked on Twitter, what's the plan after WrestleMania? And keep in mind, this is before Mania. Goldberg's response was taking a little time off to reflect and heading back to the gym. And I saw that and I thought to myself, are you a moron? You just basically told everybody that you're going to lose the title to, to Brock Lesnar because the, cha- the champion doesn't take time off to reflect and then head back to the gym. All kinds of people commented to his Twitter basically saying just that, saying thanks a lot yeah. for just kind of giving away the finish. And then sure enough, he lost to Lesnar. I, I always thought he was going to lose to Lesnar, but that doesn't mean that two days before you kind of tip your hat to it. So I thought that was pretty stupid. That's why I said the Warrior thing. Like, had social media been around when the Warrior was active, mm. maybe he would have done this same stuff. Maybe yeah, he would have been like, I'm not going to be around after I face Hogan at Halloween Havoc. So maybe that would have changed my perception. It's really weird, which, I mean, he gave plenty of evidence that he was way too into his character. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it is the landscape, and I grew up a little more cognizant during the Goldberg era. You were plenty cognizant during the the Warrior era because you're old as shit. Um, hey, at least you didn't say the San Martino era. So thanks for that. <laughs> so maybe that skews things, but yeah, the Goldberg deal. I'm like, come on, man. Like, how can you don't stop tipping your hand? And I feel like you know he was super bitter, super bitter about. Uh, about how he was used in WWE his first time around. Right, yep. He made no bones about it. Yep. And I feel like maybe a little bit of that hung on. He did cut that promo, and he said, I want to thank you. And he was looking at his son like, here's a lesson. You thank people when they do nice shit. He was making sure that his kid thanked WWE for the opportunity he was presented to because it was a great opportunity. And ultimately, probably the right, opp- probably the right thing because they made a ton of money off of it. Uh, short term, yeah. I don't know how it would how it's going to work long term for them, but yeah, I, th- we'll I mean, I think he's going to come back. I think he'll come back down the road. Uh, hey, I think having Roman Reigns beat him in about a minute and a half would be a good move. And you never know. Given, yeah, I'm given that promo last week, I think that'd be a good call. Which was amazing, by the way. I love that Roman Reigns segment. It's fantastic. Yeah. it was the greatest. Yep, it's true. What else is on your list? I got a bunch of stuff today. I want to talk about the, and I told you yesterday I was going to bring this up. I want to talk about the Matt Hardy broken character in WWE or lack thereof thing. Um, Now, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that I talked to an IP lawyer. And obviously, the IP lawyer has not seen Matt Hardy's impact contract. But he told me that given what we know, uh, it would be difficult for impact to claim ownership to that character, given that he was already allowed to use it while under contract with ring of honor and with whoever else i and again this is kind of the sometimes in business you got to be cutthroat and and there have been times when i've had to be cutthroat myself 
if I was Vince McMahon, knowing the resources WWE has and the resources Impact has, I would go full out on it. Oh, yeah. I would have him out as broken Matt Hardy. And if Impact sued Matt Hardy, I would cover the legal bills for him. Because yeah. I think Impact has no case. I know that you guys had a real big problem with him shelving the character, sort of. Um, at, at, at this level, you don't know if he has to or not. Like, it's tough. But I do think, as I mentioned on the, the show this week with Shane Helms, which drops Friday, Matt being rebroken in WWE, saying that he had to try to suppress his condition, right. as he called it, for the WWE, that could that, that's something. That's something you can do. Here's the funny thing. They try to put the TM on obsolete and Brother Nero. Nero is Jeff's fucking middle name, Jimmy. Right, 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 right. Obsolete is a song that he wrote for his album in 2015 before this stuff ever happened. Right. I mean, they so can I'm, – I'm, I'm sitting there wondering. I'm like, oh, my God. What are you thinking, guys? There are ways that you can trademark things for certain usage. So even though it's the name of a song, they could trademark it in terms of, of wrestling. But I just, I just don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, I, you know, all of the, the rumors about how Anthem or Impact is expecting a cut of future profits off the character, I don't see it happening. And again, if I, if I was uh, Vince McMahon, I'd go for broke. I would go full on with that character. I would. Especially when you know how much money that could make. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd go full on. And I would tell Impact, bring it. If you want to sue me, sue me. Because their, their resources are so limited. That's just my opinion. And people can say what they want about the gimmick. It is a proven live event draw on the independent circuit. Right. And WWE loves live event draws. And right. that's, what, that's what they need. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, next up, I want to talk about the proposal. Because this has gotten a bit of a, so I, I've, I've talked to different people about this. Some people said, oh, it was, it was so fake and you could see the Tiffany logo and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then other people say, oh, it was a really good moment. So uh, I wanted to just touch upon it. I think it was for sure pre-planned. Uh, they had uh, Nikki Bella's mother was in the front row. John Cena's mother was in the front row. Did you notice when Cena and Nikki came in the ring, they made like they were shocked to see them? And they both, mm-hmm. they both ran out and gave them a hug. And I was watching that thinking, all of this is being tapered total divas. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you could just tell that they were probably put there by the producers. And they probably got good footage of Cena and Nikki being surprised and running out and hugging them and all that kind of stuff. I think it was pre-planned, but I think the emotion was genuine. I think that John Cena's words were genuine. And I look at it like, how is it any different than WrestleMania 7 with, with Savage and Elizabeth? How is it any different? Savage and Elizabeth was pre-planned, obviously because Elizabeth ran in to, to fend off Sherry Martell, obviously pre-planned, didn't make it any less emotional or any less entertaining. And so I had no issue with it. And, and, and uh, I know when I watched it that night, I did think, oh, this is clearly pre-planned. That's what I felt. But again, it doesn't mean that it's not genuine uh, in terms of the emotion. And it's entertainment. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. So there were a lot of haters, it seemed, that were kind of shitting on it. And uh, I had no issue with it. I didn't either. It, it accomplished what they wanted to accomplish because I got on my Facebook the other day and it'll have like a video and then it'll show all the people who shared that video and no less than a half a dozen women shared that on the, not on my timeline, just in general. The Savage Elizabeth thing, of course, was pre-planned. The two had been married for six, seven years at that point right. and they were closer to divorce than they were. Right. I think they were actually going through a divorce Quite a bit close, yeah. at the time. So they, that was purely for show. I'm sure John Cena did a real proposal at another time, but hey, they're showmen, and if they're cool with it, I don't have a problem with it. And 
there's a lot of people upset that something on a pro wrestling show would be scripted, which is yeah. so comical. Right, to me. right, exactly. It's mind boggling. Exactly, to me. exactly. Yeah, it's I know so you. weird. Like, what's where's the harm? Not only that, it got us a great Miz segment two days later on SmackDown. So, right. no, had no issue with it. Now, as I said on the show Sunday. I don't know if he rolled out and got the ring, but if he wrestled with that thing in his cargo shorts, that's the most baller shit of all time. Yeah, and I wonder if Tiffany gave them that ring or if Tiffany gave him, you know, some kind of a deal because I noticed that the website the next day actually had a photo gallery based on the proposal, and there was actually a shot of the ring with the Tiffany logo on the box on the website. Oh, if so, they didn't, then the E-Network did. Right, right. Somebody probably did, yeah. And, and that's one of the benefits that we have heard about getting married when you're on that cast is you get your wedding paid for. Uh, especially, I mean, John Cena can obviously afford it. And, and Sure, uh, but I mean, if somebody's going to foot the bill, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. could, yeah, it's, I mean, why not? And plus, you know, the E-Network's going to go all out because oh. they have, for Cena and Nikki, they got to top every other wedding that they've done before. Yeah, I mean, viewership-wise, they will because Cena's mainstream now, mm-hmm. so it's going to do well. He's in he's in big movies. Oh, yeah. Like he's not in crappy. He's in some like crappy DVD straight to DVD movies, but he's in some big movies. He's oh, going to yeah. be a primary character in the next Mark Wahlberg Will Ferrell movie, the the Daddy's Home sequel. That's right. He's going to be a big part of that because they they've been so impressed with the success that he's found with the Amy Schumer movie and right. uh, stuff like that. So good for him, man. Yep. Good for him. Uh, okay. Next off, uh, uh, I, my feelings were a little hurt, Sean, because you, you, you know, I'm easily offended. So my, uh, my feelings were a little hurt because on Sunday after the Roman Reigns match, I tweeted something about uh, the match was dog shit. And so was the finish, something like that. I had, yeah. I had said that earlier about the Bray Wyatt match, which we don't need to talk about because it was garbage. But uh, then when the Roman Reigns match happened, I retweeted that same thing. And then you tweeted out something like, uh, don't, and y- you weren't saying it to me, but I'm sure my comment was the catalyst. You said something, no, something along, okay, well, you, you basically said, don't bitch about the match. Uh, uh, you know, other people enjoyed it or something. Hey, now, I didn't say don't bitch about the match. I said, just because some people don't enjoy it doesn't mean others can't. Okay. This is, this is subjective entertainment. Okay, okay. I don't like Finn Balor's moveset, and therefore I generally don't like his matches. Does that mean that somebody else can't? No, there are a lot of people that like him. There are a lot of people that love him. So I want want to talk about the Roman match for just one second. So I understood the story. I understood it was the reversal of Taker Shawn Michaels, uh, where Taker threw everything at Shawn. Shawn kept kicking out. Finally, Shawn's on his knees in front of Taker. I think Shawn did the cutthroat sign, and then Taker tombstoned him and beat him. And this was a reversal of that, and that's fine. And, you know, I, I get all that. The issue I had, and the reason that I hated the finish, was that to me, the spear is one of the most overused, underwhelming finishers in wrestling. And I couldn't believe that it, it was a quote unquote super spear where he just crisscrossed off the ropes a couple times. A super spear that took Taker out after after the run that he's had. It was like that. Great. No, I know, but he kicked out after every one. And then it was when he... That doesn't mean that they didn't happen. That's like saying that you get punched for two rounds, and it's like when people people will say in the third round, that's a one-punch knockout. No, it's not. Those other spears happened. 
I, I think the spear is a shitty finish to take out the undertaker. I think it's a shitty finish and I hated it. I would have loved it if he had have either pulled out a new move. Although I don't know if Roman Reigns is capable of that, but I would have loved it. Well, he came that. to a tombstone. We found that out. Yeah. But you know what? I don't blame him for that. Taker was out of shape. Taker couldn't help him at all. I don't blame him on, on the tombstone. I don't know if even Brock or Cena could have got him up the way that they did that, that rotation. It was, it was bad. But uh, why couldn't he, for that, for that moment, for that pass of torch moment, why couldn't he have done something else instead of a super spear? I hated well, it. Hey, maybe, I hated it. Maybe that was the finish. That could have been the finish. Maybe, maybe. I don't know, because they went a few minutes after that, didn't they? They did. Yeah. But I hated that finish. I hated that he used a spear after he had already used 18 of them in the match already. I just hated it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So. I felt like saying that. I liked it. And I liked his promo the next night. I liked the Undertaker's farewell, leaving the ring or the, the gloves in the ring. Yeah, that was very good. Very good. Yeah. And you can see the genuine emotion on his face as well. So, because Taker's the kind of guy, he doesn't show that very often, you know? So that was really That's good. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now this next one, this is the one that might get us in trouble a little bit. Oh I, I had been debating for weeks, weeks whether or not to talk about Stephanie McMahon. I had been debating for weeks about this. Uh, the reason I've decided to talk about it is there's two reasons. Reason number one, Justin Roberts told a story in his book that I'm going to tell you in a minute. Uh, the book is called uh, Best Seat in the House. The second reason I want to talk about Stephanie McMahon is because of the reaction on Raw when Vince said she wasn't there and the way, and the, way the crowd reacted to it. So because of that, I feel the need to talk about it. My opinion on Stephanie McMahon for a long time has been that Vince McMahon is handcuffed by her. What I mean by that is she is his daughter, and so he feels the need to put her in prominent positions, even though she's not capable of being in that position. And that's always been my, my feeling, uh, both as a character on television and as a company executive. Um, I've always hated that she belittles everybody on TV, never gets her comeuppance, maybe once a year at WrestleMania lately, and this time it was at the hands of Triple H running into right. it. Right, right. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. So I, I've always hated that about her. I've never blamed her that much for that because I feel like that's the way Vince is booking her. Like I feel like that's the way Vince is wanting her to be perceived is as this strong female character. But it's annoying to the point that she is not a, a, a strong heel with me. She is somebody that you want to change the channel as soon as her music hits. That's how she is with me. And I felt like the way the crowd reacted was indicative of the fact that they're sick of her. So I wanted to talk about her uh, and tell a few stories just because I really feel like Vince is handcuffed. I feel like he's been pigeonholed a little bit and he's not necessarily sure how to get out of it with her um, because she's just not capable of being in this position. Justin told a story in his book and this is unbelievable. 
Sean, the story I'm going to tell you. He told the story about how he wanted to be a ring announcer in WWE. Uh, there were no openings at that time. He knew people in the company, though, and they suggested, why don't you go out for, the, for a writing position? Because it'll be your way in. And Stephanie at the time was heading up creative. So he applied, sent in his resume. I think he had to send in samples. Gets a phone call from Stephanie's assistant saying, okay, we're going to fly you into, uh, into Connecticut, and you're going to interview with Stephanie McMahon. So if you can believe it, they flew him from Arizona into New Jersey, picked him up in a car, brought him to a hotel in Connecticut, uh, where they put him up for the night, picked him up the next day, brought him to Titan Tower for the interview, comes in, they sit him down in the lobby or wherever. He's waiting around forever. Then the assistant comes out and goes, oh, uh, Stephanie uh, saw your resume. Uh, you don't have enough television experience, so she's not going to meet with you. What? Can you fucking believe that? Can you believe that? This woman spent money on hotel. She spent money on, uh, on airfare uh, to decide finally that, he's not capable of the job as opposed to doing the due diligence beforehand. It's unbelievable. Uh, Bruce Pritchard told a story on his podcast about how when Vince told Bruce, Stephanie is now your boss. You have to report to her on creative. Yeah. And Bruce was cool about it. The problem was Stephanie's wasn't capable of the, of the position. And so everybody kept going back to Bruce. And, yeah. and at first Bruce would just answer the question, including Vince would come to Bruce. Then Stephanie would have a kid. She'd be gone for mat leave. While she's gone, everybody goes back to Bruce. Then she comes back. People are still going to Bruce because she just wasn't, she didn't have the skill set for that job. Uh, finally, Stephanie started, it created tension between them because Stephanie would go to Bruce and say, you ha- they have to come to me, not you. They got to come to me. Finally, one day, Vince went to Bruce to ask a question. Bruce told Vince, you got to go to Stephanie. Stephanie's told me it's her position. Vince told Bruce, fuck that. That was a direct quote, uh, meaning I'd rather go to you than my own daughter. And, and yeah. so it's, again, indicative. And then, of course, and it, there's and it the... a situation where Stephanie was pissed at Bruce. Right, right. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we got we to gotta talk about that tweet in case anybody's not familiar. It was on March 28, 2015, which was the day that Connor McCulloch went into the Hall of Fame. That was the kid that died of cancer. Uh, they did a really massive campaign around it. They were wearing wristbands and everything. That day, there was a WWE Business Partner Summit and there was a speaker by the name of Biz Stone, who's the co-founder of Twitter. And during that summit, Biz Stone said, philanthropy is the future of marketing. It's the way brands are going to win. And Stephanie McMahon retweeted that quote on March 28th, the day that this kid that died of cancer is going into the Hall of Fame. So yeah. it, she, and again, I don't know her personally. And I don't, the reason I, I, I was second guessing talking about this, because I don't want to come off negative and mean, but I felt the need to because she's, I just don't think she's a capable executive. I think that she has pigeonholed Vince because he's kind of stuck now. It's his kid. What's he going to do? I can tell you as a business owner myself, I would never hire family. And I know it's different because that's his daughter. But uh, I would never hire family. I've had family members kind of inquire here and there, and I would never do it. It's a tough spot. I hope she's off television indefinitely. Like, they don't need her. I hope she's off television indefinitely. So. I felt the need to talk about it, man. It's like I had in, this on my chest, wanted to get it. In relation to this, I think Brandon Howard uh, yesterday posted a really nice, a really funny tweet, and it shows the announcers. It shows Byron Graves and Cole ahead of this crowd, which is always unpredictable. And it says, we spent decades insulting our audience, and tonight is the chickens annually coming to roost, but we'll pretend like we're in on it. The heel authority figure – can work and with Mm -hmm. stephanie it has before 
But if you do that consistently and nonstop, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot to unpack here, but it's like yeah. ultimately you're trolling your audience. You're just being a dick to your audience all the time. Do I sometimes – will I sometimes troll my audience? Sometimes. I'm not on here every day, every week. You did find out I had the Virgil cut it before I brought it out on the yeah. show. So, But I, here's the thing. I'm not going to get on here and say like, guys, what do you want us to talk about this week? Well, you're no, you don't deserve it. Every week. And I get it. It's a show. Yeah, She's a bad guy. She's a heel. But she's supposed to run the show in the best interest – storyline in the best interest – the fact that she would remain in power under that guise is insulting to our intelligence, first off, because that wouldn't happen. That just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. When Triple H goes out and he says, Roman Reigns is already the biggest heel. Well, is that why you all mute his crowd reactions every, every other week besides this week? Mm-hmm. You really want him to be a heel if that's what you're doing, if you're, if you're editing out Roman sucks chants? You can say he's the biggest heel. You can do stuff like that. It's insulting. That's what it all boils down to is it's insulting. Like people are going to be called dumb every week by wrestlers. They don't need to be called that by the person who is quote unquote booking the show. Um, you know, I haven't heard a lot of negative about Daniel Bryan being the storyline authority figure on SmackDown. And the reason is, is because he still has conflicts. You can still create conflict between those characters. And what happened? The Miz got over huge on the back of that. He worked with John Cena. Yeah, I mean, but Daniel Bryan's also, he doesn't portray a smug character. That's, that's you know? the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to. You don't have to have him do that. Yeah. He no. plays a normal guy who wants to run his show as good as he can. Yeah. And, and, and again, sometimes. again, I don't know if this is, I, you know, I don't know if this is all on Vince's shoulders, meaning that he's telling Stephanie, this is how I want you to, to be portrayed. I want you to be a strong female character. You're a McMahon. I don't know if this is on him. I don't know if it's Stephanie wanting to be portrayed in this way and refusing to let anybody get the best of her. All I know is it's, it's, it's gotten very irritating. Uh, if, if anybody from WWE is listening to this, which, which sometimes you think they might be, her character, again, it, it's one thing to be a really good heel, meaning that you have great heat and people want to see you get beat up. That's what a good heel is. That's when you're going to pay money, like Roddy Piper was, was the best at it in the 80s. You want to pay money because you want to see Hulk Hogan kick their ass. That's a good heel. Stephanie's not that. When her music hits, you change the channel. That's the kind of heel she is. So, and I, I thought that raw reaction was so indicative. And uh, they got to keep her off TV. They just have to keep her off TV. That's just that's it. I, I feel like they're going to hear that reaction and be like, "Oh, well, we can get some more heat off of her." Listen to that reaction. Right. Right. Yeah. Anything else on your list? Yeah, I got one more thing on my list. My wife is waving outside the window. I don't know why she's here. Um, so one more thing on the list. Do you know how you have always told me that you considered it a dream job to be able to run a website, not have to put in the money, not have any financial risk on yourself. You get to kind of call sure. the shots to a degree. And you've told me that's kind of like your dream job, right? Well, I mean, I won't say there was no financial risk because – I didn't. I wasn't familiar with you. For all I know, you could have been some monorail salesman uh, that, that was gonna in Shelbyville. I'm I'm basically yeah in Shelbyville, and you know there I did work for the largest wrestling website in the world, and had several others courting me at the time. Right. But I, 
and I, I had one that was very comparable, maybe even a little more financially. And I was like, no, this is the guy I want to run with. I took a little bit of a risk, but okay. But I mean, you just went on an unnecessary segue because that's that's not my point. So you you yeah. you found a position where you kind of get to call the shots to a degree. Uh, you don't have any financial risk. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing it up is because when I saw the latest quote from Jeff Jarrett today, I thought of you. Did you? So Jeff Jarrett did an interview with Hannibal TV. And for those of you who don't know what that is, there's a guy by the name of Devin Nicholson. He's a, a wrestler from Ottawa, Canada. He was at one point under developmental contract to WWE, but uh, they released him because it turned out he had hepatitis C that he got from Abdul the Butcher when they had a cage match. It's quite a story on its own. Oh, yeah. Um, so now this, this guy, Devin, he does interviews, uh, wrestling interviews on YouTube, and he calls it Hannibal. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So Jeff Jarrett did one, and I got to read a quote. I got to read a quote. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett said, in the weeks, days, months, however that saying goes, more will come out. But yeah, global force and impact are becoming one day by day. Are you fucking kidding me, Sean? It's exactly what you told me would happen. Isn't it? Um, okay. With all due respect to uh, Anthem, Jeff Jarrett, Ed Nordholm, all those people, Global Force Wrestling is a non-entity. Global Force Wrestling is a non-entity, Sean. It's it's nothing. He ran some paid shows at minor league ballparks, and he registered a domain name, and he had a designer make a logo. It's a non-entity. And the fact now that Anthem is willing to let this guy run the show, just like Sean Ross Sapp, I don't know what you're doing over there, but I hope you're paying attention, Let's him, I am. Let's him run the show, pays him guaranteed money. He has no financial risk at, at all, gets to travel the world on their dime, and now he says that his promotion is going to become one with impact. Unbelievable to me that this, so, that this would happen. Unbelievable. I waited for this day to read this message, and I'm not going to tell you who it's from. <laughs> this is from a person who is no longer with impact. I mean, they might end up being back with impact. I don't know. Aaron Rex. No, oh. uh, but they said Ed Nordholm is naive and Jeff Jarrett is using Anthem and their money and resources to create his GFW fantasy. Right. When Jarrett was already working for Anthem, he asked me to hold off on signing with TNA because he could pay him more uh, if his new GFW TV deal went through. That speaks volume on who he's looking out for. It's only him. Double J is a real POS. You know what? I don't blame Jeff Jarrett at all because if, if some idiot with a, with, with a, with a checkbook is going to let him take a non-entity, which is what Global Force is, a non-entity, and allow him to suddenly say that it's going to become one with impact, if some idiot's going to sign a check and let him do that, all the power to Jeff Jarrett. That would be like you, Sean, saying, <laughs> I, have a, uh, I have a website called uh, jeffsguitar.com. And this podcast is no longer going to be the Fightful podcast. It's going to be called the Jeff's Guitar Podcast now. And me saying, cool. That's cool, man. You know, that's, that's, that's what it'll be. It's, uh, it's just shocking to me that they'd be so stupid that they allow him to do these kinds of things that are so self-serving. It's unbelievable. I, I really wish that I could sit down with this Ed Nordholm because he's based in Toronto. I'd love to sit down with Why him. Why can't you? Why can't you? He's, not, he's going to look at me like, who the hell are you? Who are you? Maybe. I mean, I get comments from Jeff Jarrett all the time. Jeff Jarrett is nothing but good to me, but, you know, I am the press, so. No, but again, I, I, I don't blame Jeff Jarrett for, for doing this. I don't blame him. If someone's going to let him do this and if they're going to pay him for this and let him run the show and he has no financial risk on himself, that's a dream job to just about anybody, Sean. 
I just want to say this. How fucking stupid does Dixie Carter look after all this when she had a deal on the table right. from Jeff Jarrett and Toby Keith years ago? Yeah, but you know what? And at least in Dixie Carter's defense, I mean, she brought Jeff back because I think she wanted uh, she wanted the rest of his cut and impact at the time. So she, remember, she brought him back, and they did that. Little, what? No, he had some. He had some some equity. Did, but, but what is that equity? Well, they she, she wanted to sell the company, so she needed yeah. his equity. It makes sense. So at least I understand that she brought him back to get his equity, and she let him do his little global force thing on Impact. But as soon as that deal was done, he was gone again. She didn't let him remain on television week after week with this global force thing. She got what she needed, and he was gone. The fact that Anthem is letting him do this stuff, it's. It's unbelievable to me that they would do, that that they would do this. It's just it's crazy. But good, well, good for him. Dixie, Dixie didn't want to sell. Dixie was forced to sell. Sure. She had no other option. Sure. Also, I thought that Jeff Jarrett or Karen uh, Karen Jarrett promo was probably the best of the year that year. They cut one hell of a promo when they came back. Uh, Karen Jarrett especially, like she is, and it was just because it was honest and it was true, right? Uh, yeah, you look back at this and. Uh, Brian Alvarez wrote the book, A Death of WCW. And it's like the TNA book will be way longer. Yeah, way longer. it might be. It might be. It's just, it's just I don't know. I just, I, as, as a business person myself, I just think it's so unbelievable that they would uh, now, give them carte blanche. What I want to ask you, because I'm not familiar with this, mm-hmm. Impact at the time Jeff Jarrett gave up his shares was losing money. Mm-hmm. So what exactly was he giving up? He wasn't making any money off of it, was he? Um, I think she wanted to have essentially even who knows what his equity was. Could have been five percent, could have been ten percent, whatever. I think she was looking for investors, and mm-hmm. so she wanted to just gather up as much of that that equity as she could. And when you think about what she really gave up. Uh, I mean, I, I heard that she paid him some money, but probably not a lot. He wanted some exposure on television, which doesn't cost her anything. So I would have done the same thing she did because they were looking for investment and they were going to have to give up equity to get that money. So she wanted to try to pool as much of that equity as she could. I don't blame her for doing it. Um, I just find it, again, shocking that he now is able to, to parade around Global Force, which is a non-existing bullshit entity, and say it's at one with impact. It's unbelievable. I mean, that that it's just that'd be like DX, you know, back in the day, Triple H saying, yeah, DX and WWE are at one. You know, it's, 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 it's just unbelievable. Come I want on. to ask you, Magnus is back in impact wrestling. Is he? You, uh, yeah. So do you think that has anything to do with the fact that on October 23rd, 2015, he became the first and only and current reigning global force wrestling champion? Current reigning? Yeah. Still 530 days. He beat Bobby Roode for it. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that that has something so to do if, with it. If that ever makes air. Two yeah. years later, that's that's pretty nice to be able to put on TV. And Jared owns the footage, so he could do it. So long as Rude uh, signed off on it, he can do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a good chance. That's why. Uh, uh, I don't even want to talk about Global Force anymore because it makes my head hurt. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. You know that any monkey could get a sold show, right? Like sure. any monkey can do that. And then all you do is they're, they're, you can go to a website like 99designs.com to get a logo made. And then you go to GoDaddy and get a, get a domain. Boom, there's your promotion. There it is. Jimmy, the, the places I've worked for, no disrespect to the guys that I work with, but outside of my catch wrestling coach, who for the promotion that I have worked for locally, is the only guy I'll work with because he's the only guy I feel safe with. Right. 
we were offered sold shows at fairs right. and stuff like that. It ain't hard. No, I've done and it I myself. Mean, this, is, I, I, this is turd level stuff. Anybody yeah. can get them. Minor league parks definitely a step up, but anybody can do it. I, I did it at a at a mall in Ontario, Canada. Justin Roberts in his book talked about how he did one at a fair in in Arizona. Yeah. They, people want people it. like that, like the, the ballparks and the fairs, they want right. attraction. That's right. They want more things that might bring in a couple people. Right, right. That's all it is. And then he did a TV taping two years ago with footage that is now outdated. Although what you're saying about Magnus makes a lot of sense to me that that's, that's what he'd probably be trying to do. It just hit me as I went to the Global Force Wikipedia page and I saw that they are the champion or that he is the champion. And Cody Rhodes, of course, is the next gen champion. And right. Right, right, right. I, I wonder how long before they bring in Christina Von Erie, who actually would probably be okay to bring in. Uh, yeah. She Well, she was there for a little while back in the day uh, for like a cup of coffee, but she's the, the women's champion. They don't have tag champions. so Great, great. Um, I think that's all I got. There's, I, I was going to talk about a few little WrestleMania things, but I don't know if I really feel like it anymore. I don't know if we have much time left. I was going to not talk to you about Braun Strowman and uh, what happened to him. Ridiculous. So I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, somehow it reminded me of the Battle Royal before WrestleMania 3. Do you remember that on Saturday Night's Main Event? Yes. When, for those of you that might not have seen that, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were in the Battle Royal prior to the big match at WrestleMania. Obviously, this mania was different because Braun's foe was not in the Battle Royal. But still, the way they did it was um, Andre threw out Hogan, and then it took everybody else in the Battle Royal to throw Andre out. And he did a promo afterwards, and he said uh, it took eight wrestlers to get Andre the Giant out of the ring, but it took just one giant to get Hulk Hogan out of the ring. And that was what they used. When I saw this Braun footage, I kind of thought the same type of thing. He tossed out the big show, and then it took like eight guys to toss him out. But then on Monday, they didn't really like go that far with it. They didn't really address it that much. And that made me think, well, that's a wasted opportunity. He tossed out the big show by himself, and then it took eight guys to dump him out. So that's a wasted opportunity. But Over the past three years, they have had Braun Strowman, Rusev, Ryback, who you can say what you want about – about their in-ring abilities respectively, but they have built these three people up. And go, Ryback moved the pay-per-view needle among their, uh, in one of their last pay-per-views they had. Yep. Yep. And two of the three were reduced to a joke. Over the past month and a half, Braun Strowman has lost a match. He is back down from The Undertaker. He is mm-hmm. back down from Brock Lesnar. He has been choke-slammed by a 50-year-old Undertaker who was retiring. And then he got tossed from a pre-show battle royal. This was a guy six weeks ago who, had they hot-shotted the title onto him, I'd be like, a little soon, but hey, he's there. I mean, again, his YouTube, can... numbers, his YouTube numbers are great, mm-hmm. which are a really good indicator of who's going out of their way to watch things. His crowd reactions were great, and I don't know. I, I just I have no optimism towards WWE and the way that they book these monsters, unless it's somebody who is Goldberg or Brock Lesnar. I mean, the good news is they can still salvage him. Because like, we, like I joked about last week, if they want James Ellsworth to be a main eventer, all they got to do is have him go over a bunch of guys and he'll be a main eventer. They can salvage him. It looks like they're going to go with him and Roman again based on what happened on Raw. I think all they can do is put him over Roman and give him a shot at Brock because it sounds like that's what they might do. Maybe they can. Oh, he ain't going over Roman. You don't think he's going to go over Roman? No, I think Roman is getting built to beat Brock. 
Yeah, he can, but they could have Braun get a win on him first in order to get the Brock nah, match I don't, going. I don't think maybe Roman even loses in the future, in the near future. No, I think he's just – he should run roughshod. He should beat everybody's favorites. He should just kill everybody. I'm only cool with that if he actually turns heel and he starts using outside interference. Then I'm cool with it. Yeah, well, we'll see where it goes. The last month has been pretty good booking of Roman Reigns, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about another thing real quick because uh, I just thought of it. So the, the SmackDown women's match at WrestleMania. Uh, and again, I like to use my wife's input because she's a casual fan. Uh, so I like to use her input. During that match, with the exception, boy, look at you rubbing your face. Are you having a rough day? No, I'm exhausted. Drink one, another one of your Monster Energy drinks, man. You have, how many have you had today? I told you I had to go grocery shopping later in the middle of all this stuff. I got to go grocery shopping and get some Monster Energy. Yeah, you better do it because you're rubbing your face, and it is three, Sponsor us, guys. 3.54 p.m. Eastern time. Like, come on. Yeah. You're a young man. So the, uh, the women's match, my wife pointed this out. Everybody except Alexa, Alexa Bliss, who came out first, everybody else got a 30-second entrance. By the time they were about a quarter down the ramp – they were already cutting the music of the next girl, right? Uh, then when Naomi came out, not only did she get the full entrance, she actually got to do her dance in the ring while all the other girls stood around in a circle watching her. My wife watched that going, well, obviously Naomi, Naomi's going to win. Yeah, it was uh, a coronation. We knew it. I, it, just, it was so funny to me. It's like there is Natalia. Uh, they just hit her music. She's about a quarter of the way down the ramp. Oh, and there's the music for the next girl. That's basically what they did. So Funny story. A lot of people thought that uh... – that them spe- they were just supposed to be on the pre-show. Right. And a lot of people thought that them speaking up and saying, we want the women on the main show, they thought that that's what got it done. Uh, the person I talked to said that somebody finally said, uh, how are we doing this fucking Naomi entrance in the daylight? Sorry, my wife just came in here. I don't know what yeah. the hell she's doing here. I'm at my office, and I'm on the air, so I don't know why you're here. She's got eyes for Hogsworth. You think that's what it is? She wants to check out Hogsworth? That's, that's what it is. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, see, she, Hogsworth is over. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know why you're here. I got five minutes left. You just gonna stand yeah. here and watch. Yeah. Okay, okay. She wants to be part but of the yeah, show. Yeah, that was the thing. Everybody thought that them complaining about the the women's match being on the pre-show is what got it off the pre-show. No, somebody backstage said, uh, "How are we doing Naomi's entrance in the daylight?" And they're like, "Yeah, we should probably move." Are back. you kidding? That's why they moved it. That's what I was told. I thought yeah. they did it because they needed something as a buffer between. Uh, the- I mean that that too, but that was going to be Corbin and Ambrose. Oh, okay, okay. And then then it got switched. And the funny thing is, in in that being switched, they got like five minutes cut from it. Then Dean Ambrose and Corbin went out and had a much better match last night on SmackDown. Right. That yeah. should have been that match, but I understand why it wasn't because that was leading into Shane. AJ and you can't do all that stuff if Shane and AJ are about to do all that stuff. So yeah. yeah. Did you see any of the Hall of Fame by chance? I watched it all. Did you see the red carpet? I watched some of that. Dean Ambrose is a train wreck. And I was I was watching that guy and I just can't help but think, what the hell is Renee Young doing with that freaking train wreck? Because that's what he's he got is. a hog. Yeah, he he's must. He must. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A Cincinnati folk, what can I tell you? Oh, guys? Just no. saying, oh, it's a geographical God. situation here. Okay. Geographical. Man, I kind of just set you up for that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So so what's going on over there right now? Is she like giving you the stank eye? Uh, my wife is sitting here watching. She is seven months pregnant. Uh, I don't even know why she's here, to be honest with you. But uh, 
Oh, okay. Jeez. She's she's waiting for a prescription, so she decided to swing by my office oh. to watch the podcast. Do you want to come on camera? No. Oh, she doesn't want to come on camera. So when you have this child, what's that going to mean? Am I just going to have like a week or two completely unsupervised? How does that go down? I can never let that happen because if I do that, then your mug is going to be all over every page of the site. Uh-huh. Can't have that happen. No, I, uh, I'm a multitasking executive, Sean. I will get it done. I got like four different companies in this place. I will, will, I will you be here on this show the week your kid is born? So we actually have a scheduled C-section because uh, our, first, our first kid was born via C-section, uh, emergency C-section. And so this one, uh, we're going to do a planned C-section. And we got it planned, I believe, for a Thursday, I believe, which means that I'll be here. I'll be here for the Wednesday <laughs> podcast. You would. I bet, I bet the doctor said Wednesday, and you're like, ah, ah, ah. No. You know what? I had nothing to do with it, but I think my wife might have known better. So she told me that that's when we're doing it, man. So I will be here for, for, I'll be here for that. The next week we'll have to figure something out. But so are you trying to say, as judgment just said in our YouTube chat, that you're about to have a minivan? That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. I was going to call him JV two. Cause we're going to name him James after me. So I was going to call him JV two, but uh, minivan <laughs> is actually not bad. That's, That's not bad. Good. That's pretty you good. Remember that. Guys, follow us at Fightful Online, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Wrestle. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. We got a ton of UFC 210 coverage this weekend. I thought that I was going to get to rest a little bit after WrestleMania. No, this is busier. This weekend is going to be busier for me than WrestleMania weekend, I think, Jimmy. Yeah, and, and I, was, I was saying to Sean before we came on the air, like, what are you going to do with all this UFC footage? Because we have so much stuff, and it's all wrestling-related. And uh, that's why I was asking, what are you going to do with it? All? Yeah. Gonna... Oh, well, okay. So I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to put the wrestling stories into a video, obviously with our logo and stuff like that. I've got Alex transcribing some of it right now. I'll put it into stories. Uh, then the MMA related stuff, I'll get videos of that. I'll basically post the entire scrum footage that Brandon, Mike, and Joe send us. Then uh, I've got John Morehouse working with me on that, and we'll get that up. Today, tomorrow, Friday, maybe even someone early Saturday. I don't know. Like we're going to be, it'll be nonstop. So, hey, freelancers that work for us, time for you to make some money. Help your boy out. Yeah. And, and I mean, these are only, I've seen uh, four or five of them so far. They're only like five minute clips. It's, it's, it's not a ton of stuff to have to go through, but the footage is great. And you know what I love about a guy like Daniel Cormier and anybody listening to this that doesn't know mixed martial arts at all. Daniel Cormier is an Olympic wrestler, and now he's a UFC uh, light heavyweight champion, I believe. But he, he also knows his pro wrestling. Like He knows to the point that uh, in these interviews that we got today, he was talking about the taker match and about how you know the old school thing is to put the guy over on the way out. He knows his shit. And yeah. so even if you don't know MMA, you want to check out the, that footage because he's really I'd good. Love to get, yeah. I'd love to get him for a podcast. I wish he didn't work for Fox because – I would love to have him for a weekly MMA and wrestling podcast. That would be, you know incredible. what? We, maybe something could be done because did you see his eyes light up when they asked him wrestling questions? Oh yeah. He was miserable before. And yeah. then as soon as Brandon Howard uh, asked him about wrestling, his face yeah. just lit up. He was so happy. Yeah. He was really, he was really into it. So maybe we can work something out, but uh, yeah, that footage is phenomenal. It's really good. Guys. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up on the YouTube video. Also, head over to iTunes. Leave us a nice review. Every 25 reviews, I'm going to give something away to somebody who reviewed it. Uh, That stuff really, really helps 
Can't thank you guys enough. It's been a wild week. we got Matt Riddle coming tomorrow. We're going to talk about his crazy WrestleMania week, including a great match he had with Dan Severn. Friday, Shane Helms talking about his WrestleMania week, wrestlers on social media, uh, Impact's presence or lack thereof at WrestleMania week, uh, The Undertaker retirement. Got a lot of stuff coming from that. Jimmy, anything you want to tell the people before IGTFO of here? This week's JV Flashback Friday is going to be about a 20-year-old CM Punk. Oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hey, guys, we're looking for a name for this podcast. Send it to us on Twitter. On Twitter, at Sean Ross Sapp. And what's your handle? JimmyVan74. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.